It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherber. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. time for some Gamecock football. Never been more excitement about South Carolina football than there is right now. I've heard all the stories of the great George Rogers out back in 1980. He made the whole nation holler. And I've seen that photograph of young Steve Tanny Hill up in Old Dust Valley signing his name on the field. Yeah, and I love the year 2001 if it wins Bryce Rock. Can I say I'm just a big old car? Well, you know I've come from a long, long Welcome in inside the Gamecocks, the show, JC Sherbert, Phil Mullinax. Morning. Morning. How are you? Uh, oh, doing well, man. Ready for this yeah. game to start. Shoot, yeah, man. Coming at a good time. Uh, I want to start off by saying uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the folks Southwest Florida. Uh, really, they took it on the chin yesterday pretty bad. Some of the scenes are downright apocalyptic. I mean, I, I know uh, I have some friends and family down that way that got out, but, I mean, they've got a long road ahead of them to recover. You know, South Carolina fans, uh you know that Carolina hasn't gotten a whole lot of guys out of there, but Kelton Henderson, uh, one of the recruits for 2023, from Lehigh Acres uh, in that part. Uh, Jordan Diggs is from Fort Myers, former uh, Gamecock linebacker safety. Uh, and then also Zaquandre White is from Fort Myers. So uh, just thoughts and prayers got to them. Wanted to start it on a somber note a little bit because uh, I know when, when you look at that, those kinds of things, and, and you kind of see that happening. I mean, it's, it's, it can get to you. But uh, anyway, there is a football game tonight because of the hurricane. 
kind of glad it is tonight. It'll be a nice welcome distraction. Uh, Gamecocks are, I think, be one of the only college games on uh, up against uh, who? The Bengals and Dolphins. Or is that the NFL game tonight? I think. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Thursday yeah. night. Yep. Yeah, Bengals. Yeah, wearing the that. Bengals uh, and Dolphins. But uh, some people, the all white unis. The Bengals are. The helmets yeah. look pretty cool lately. Really <laughs> awesome, huh? Yeah. So I think uh, that'll be a good thing. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, Game Pass will kind of get the, the SEC Network to itself. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock, Williams-Brice Stadium, as we normally do the day before, or in this case, the day of a game. No poll question today. We'll have Keith Allsup coming in at 1130, uh, and he was supposed to be Monday and couldn't uh, – had, had kind of a laryngitis or something, so couldn't come in. Uh, so instead of doing a review uh, for, for uh, this week, we're going to do a preview. Uh, with Keith and, and talk about the game, and then uh, he'll be back with us Monday. No show tomorrow. Uh, Going to take the, the tomorrow off uh, just after a game day and stuff. I mean, kind of get back in our routine, kind of like the team, you know. <laughs> We're going to do that. We'll be back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. We'll have something for you Friday. I'm going to Lexington, and I'm leaving early Thursday morning. Uh, and so my travel schedule is going to impact programming next week too. Uh, and I realize that's the third week we've kind of kind of – jumbled the schedule a little bit, but we'll be back up rocking and rolling, barring anything unforeseen uh, Monday through Friday uh, after that. This Kentucky trip I've been, I've planned since uh, June, uh, since before we launched. So, uh, But we'll figure something out and get you. You guys won't miss too many episodes. The Nana Sports Chat Box always is lively, and we appreciate our chat boxers, and that's uh, a big part of what we do at the show. We like to be kind of interactive with everybody. Uh, and all that, which is kind of fun because, you know, Phil, before uh, we brought you on board and started streaming, uh, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know how many of you listen to uh, right-wing conservative talk radio, um, or, or if there's a left-wing equivalent, I'm, uh, that's fine, too. I'm, politi- I'm going to be politically balanced here, but Dr. Michael Savage, uh, you know, he just gets on and goes. I was kind of like the Dr. Michael Savage of, of – of, of Gamecock podcast. I just come on and just talk for an hour, but uh, I like this better because then I don't run my mouth as much. I probably need to shut up a little bit anyway, right? Nah, uh, man, that's all right. You're the one who has it, man. But uh, love the Nana Sports Chat Box, the iHelp Consulting Mailbag. We got some questions uh, on Twitter also. Uh, what we're going to do today in, in lieu of a poll, uh, and Curse Lights already chimed in, uh, just like we always do. Uh, give us your prediction and uh, and then go uh, and tell us where you're you're going from you're, you're calling from so uh, that's uh, it's interesting curse light has already chimed in and he or she or whoever I don't know 2710 gamecocks I don't know about that uh, I think last week he picked Charlotte to win. So, uh, or she, maybe we're, that guy is probably worried about what game day is going to do this weekend, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe, I guess, or, or, or something, or Georgia playing Missouri or something. Uh, John Nana Sports chat box, uh, rocking and rolling up in Northwest, the Pacific Northwest. He says, Morning, all on a beautiful game day. All good thoughts sent to our neighbors in Florida this morning. I agree with you, John McCregor. Yeah, the Craigers always one of the first to chime in. We love that. Good morning. Good morning, Craiger. Good morning, Craiger Nom. That didn't come off too well. Clint says, what's up, everybody? Daniel says, good morning, JC and Phil. 
Hope to see a good short passing game from Rattler tonight. The D can t- can to continue to look the second like they did the second half this past Saturday. Yeah, I think Carolina defense needs to keep attacking. Uh, look, bend but don't break works. But if you can't tighten in the red zone and 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 stop people and get off the field, you're better off just attacking. You know, and I think our I think the defensive players for Carolina actually feel a little more comfortable playing that than they are kind of waiting back and and. And, and hoping they don't make a mistake. I, I think that when you look at, you know, what happened in the second half against Charlotte, there was a much more confident defensive football team. Oh, yeah, uh, a lot more aggressive up front too. That's aggressive, and, and it kind of all it all snowballs because uh, when you can you can get pressure and you can be disruptive and you're attacking. You know, guys get their hands up, they tip passes. People are. I mean, it, it was it was really that looked like the defense. I think I expected now. Uh, and Charlotte's not a bad offensive team, obviously. If you look at the first half, seven for seven on first downs, they've, you know, scored on just about everybody. But I, I thought that was a sign of progress. But at the same time, it comes down to, you know, how Clayton White and the defensive staff wants to attack. Uh, I'll say this about South Carolina State. They have not been able to run the ball that good. Now, a little bit of it's misleading because uh, UCF was the first game. They overwhelmed them. Um the second game at Bethune-Cookman, they did run it well. Irmo's Kendrell Flowers, who's their top back, 153 yards for 16 carries and a 33-9 win. Last week against North Carolina A&T, Flowers was out. The Bulldogs only had 12 rushing yards. So that's like that scene in Animal House, 0.0. 0. 0. 0. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> You know, uh, Rattler Rattler had a – you know, Daniel, you mentioned the short passing game. And looking up – watching it again and again, I watched it two or three times. I, you know, some people had the takeaway that, you know, a little bit disappointed with Spencer's game. I, I think Spencer needed a game like that where it wasn't on him uh, to go out and press. Uh, I honestly think the idea against Charlotte was the same thing as the idea against Georgia State – South Carolina just got no perimeter blocking and had no run game against Georgia State. Um, uh, you know, which I don't, I don't know, I don't know what happened in that one. I, I'm, I'm going to go back and look at it after this season's over. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. flush it. Flush so it. You would hope a good, clean game from Spencer would kind of boost his confidence, even though we didn't see him yeah. chuck it all over the yard. But he was very efficient with the football. I mean, that's exactly what you're looking for a quarterback to do: is not make any mistakes or errors that are going to kill you in the long run. Yeah, very efficient. 17 for 23, and and they attacked uh, on the outside, short passes. Uh, you know, and then let your athletes go to work. I mean, that's. Uh, that's what happened. And kudos to the receivers because and whoever else was out there blocking because they did. <laughs> they did. So uh, I think that's it. Now, uh, are they going to – do I think a short passing attack against Kentucky is 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 what's going to win the game? Well, in the odd chance that South Carolina can run the ball, I think that they're susceptible to that. If you remember a few years back – uh, in that brutal home loss of 2017, Jake Bentley completed, what, 16 straight passes? So they give you the short stuff. The problem is they tighten like – they tighten in the red zone. Uh, and they're trying to keep you out of the out of the, out of of the the from scoring touchdowns. Um, I think they're the, – the best way to attack Kentucky uh, is do what they did. And this was not – this was not successful, but hear me out, okay? In 2018, that was Jake's – one of Jake's worst games. Uh, but it was the same game plan they had against Clemson later that year uh, 
and they connected. Uh, Jake just missed a ton of passes down the field. Uh, he hooked up with Debo on one, and it was a touchdown. And I, so I think attacking Kentucky's defense vertically uh, is good, and I also think that, you know, uh, being able to run the ball against those guys is awfully helpful. I mean, you know, because you know, getting out game two twenty four to forty last year, that, that's not going to work. They'll get blown out in Lexington. Um, so, you know, whether or not they work on vertical passing tonight or not, and I, I then if the wind stays around fifteen miles an hour, I don't think that's going to affect Spencer's arm. Um, you know, I think they're going to have to do some of that next week. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. I think it's just all about building confidence and. You know, playing your very best. I wrote that in an article today. Go play your best. Go play. You should try to play your best every game, and the next week, go play better. Uh, Colin says it's Thursday in South Carolina. Welcome to Williams Bryce. It's Thursday in South Carolina. Welcome to Williams Bryce. Uh, good morning, fellas. Getting ready to go to my third game of the year, and I'm pumped. I hope everybody who can makes it, makes it, make it does. Yeah, Brian. And, and look, it, it was interesting this this week, Phil, because. You know, you you move a game in the middle of the week, you know, that's going to affect attendance. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sh- this is the fourth time this has happened to South Carolina one way or the other since 2015, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's cancellation, moving it back a day, moving it to another venue, and this time it gets move, moves up. Um, I just noticed a different attitude among the fan base. You know, these people, the, the folks that, that couldn't go because of work, you know, they just couldn't get out of their plans. They, they were like, hey, I got free tickets. I've got tickets for $5. Somebody take these. Um, and it's – I just – I sense – I don't know. I mean, people are going to gripe and complain when they, when they don't play well and they're going to nitpick and stuff. But I, among the fan base itself, I, I kind of – I called it a sense of renewal this morning on the 107.5 renewal. That's a good word because uh, it's back to being that old Gamecock fan base. We, we all knew, you know, <laughs> yeah, back to the stadium out as much as you can. It was interesting because uh, somebody this week did a, you know, uh, one of the outfits uh, put together the, you know, stadium capacity or no, not state, but attendance yeah. study for this year. And so, you know, numbers are still low year over year and they've been declining, but you know, Sitting back reading it like, well, we're sold out Williams Price three times already. So it's not, and, not us. <laughs> and Brat Bratton said, uh, uh Bratton uh, from that SEC podcast, uh, kind of you know, Lane Kiffin's been talking about attendance at Ole Miss. I mean, there's five A high schools in Alabama that see more people than Vault Hemingway, right? But uh, right. he, uh, you know, he's been trying to get the Rebels to show up, but it, you know, Carolina's been fine, and Carolina's like one of uh, two or three teams to to sell out everything so far. Yeah. To be over that 96%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, that was great. Uh, Craig says those bells. Yeah. Xavier says happy Monday from Omak, Washington this morning. Guys, another one of our Pacific Northwesterners, 4510 South Carolina. Clint says he loves the Fulton call of Bennett over the top. (laughs) I I do too, Mm -hmm. but I like the Larry Munson call of it better. (laughs) I, I, I know that's sacrilege, but but months is like they're in that inverted wishbone, like the power right thing. And Tannehill up to the line, seven, six, lay down, you guys, four, three, lay down. South Carolina's going to try to get a playoff. Tannehill up to the line. Tannehill going to give it a minute, and he scores on the last play of the game. We couldn't keep him down long enough. Yeah, Larry Munson is amazing. 
Yeah, sometimes the opposing radio calls are, are just as good. <laughs> the best the best opposing radio call I've ever heard, uh, except for, you know, my sadistic side when Carolina would beat Clemson back in the day, and I'd listen to Jim Phillips, uh, the late Jim Phillips, and then uh, whoever else, say Pete Yannity and uh, the, Will Merritt and those guys. I like all that. I like uh, Will Merritt and Pete Yannity quite a bit. But uh, and, and, and the guy they got down Munson, I mean, South Carolina just hasn't hasn't beaten them in a while. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I miss listening to the post game after a win. Yeah, we need to bring. Yeah, yeah, you guys listen to the opposing teams calling show. Let me just is thrive in their misery. Uh, but, but the best opposing broadcast I've ever. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Alabama has a guy named Eli Gold that, that also calls NASCAR. Uh, and I like listening to him because on Sunday afternoon, uh, you turn on a NASCAR race on the TV, you can take it out. But if you turn on a radio broadcast of a NASCAR game or a race, you're really going to sleep hard. I mean, seriously, because it's I don't know what was the motion of the cars or whatever, because I'm not a big NASCAR guy. But uh, Eli Gold, you know, Alabama, he's got this really voice like this. And, and the kick six happened. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is 15 to the 10 to the 5, and uh, Auburn's going to win the Iron Bowl. Uh, you know, it's like stunned. Uh, whereas the Auburn folks, Auburn's going to win the game. Auburn, oh, my God. One of them in the middle of it goes, oh, my God. It's like you're sitting in his living room. <laughs> yeah. I, I was at the South Carolina Clemson game that, that day when that happened, and uh, one of my friends that pulls for Auburn, just sent me a text. Oh my God. Oh my God. Anyway. Oh my God. But uh, that, that's my favorite because it was just like Eli gold, the consummate professor, you know, he's trying to kind of hold it together mm-hmm. and it's just like, Oh, and just can't believe what happened to you. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> shocking. Uh, Clint, stop out of the game. The shark, there was a shark in a neighborhood yesterday. Yeah. Craig at, at the hurricane. Um, Craig says 48 9 Gamecocks. Clint says 41 13 Gamecocks. Short game with a lot of rushing attempts. Andrew Power goes 52 to 10. Beamer is a style points guy when given the opportunity. Andrew, you stole my thunder, man. I'm I'm about you know an hour away from making that exact same prediction. <laughs> hey, leave it to Andrew Power to do that. Uh, Will says 52-17 Gamecocks. Andrew says, JC, who do you like for the Georgia Tech job? Uh, Deion Sanders, Bill O'Brien, Dan Mullen. Jamie Chadwell. Jamie Chadwell. Put Chad – that's not in any order. Put Chadwell – I almost would go Chadwell over Sanders. Uh, O'Brien, I would worry, you know, would probably have two or three good years and jump back to the league, and then, you know, you're screwed again. Um you know, Dan Mullen would be interesting because I think he would win there and not leave because he's just not he's not a very good interviewer, <laughs> you know. Right, right. I mean he was in Mississippi State way too long, but I think he can win there. Uh and then Dion we've all we've talked about. So uh but uh hey Andrew if you if you want to listen to the JC and Morgan College football podcast this week, we 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 had about a good 20, 30 minutes on that job and the different coaches. John says 66-13 Gamecocks. Got to get Spencer working the deep ball. That's similar to our friend Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show. He said he called it 66-10 in writing. Yeah. In writing. <laughs> so I, 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 that's bold when you just put it out in like in, in, in meme format. 
You he know. did. He put it out there. Yep. Yeah. Ryan says he won't see the defense flying around the fire ants reborn. Uh, <laughs> Craig asked if Doc is high. Are you high yet? <laughs> uh, J Rock beats 45 14 Gamecocks. Jared says 59 7, too aggressive. I think the defense give up a big play to the good wide receiver, Shaquan Davis. Yeah, Shaquan had a kind of a breakout game last week six catches, 127 yards. He has caught a touchdown pass in every game. Uh, 80, he caught one pass against Bethune Cookman, but it went for 87 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Clint says Spencer needs to get going through go though because there will be a game at some point that it will be on him. Yeah, it, you know, arguably the Arkansas game they put on his shoulders, but uh, there were some other issues there. Saunders checking in from Charleston. Saunders, be careful down there. That storm's probably going to hit. Uh, it'll be a not as bad <laughs> a tropical yeah. storm. Uh, so, so be careful down there. Forty-one uh, thirteen, he says. Craiger says, play good for four quarters. That's what I'm saying. Play your very best. Yeah. Play yeah, your very yeah. best. You know, people always talk about that. Just go play your best. Let's play your best. Clint says, Larry was the greatest. Lay down, dogs. Lay down, you guys. And then at the end, he goes, we couldn't keep them on the ground long enough. Uh, by the way, Brian has four free tickets if anyone needs. So, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. if you, how do we do this? Well, Brian, uh, you could send us an email at insidethegamecocks at gmail.com, and then anybody that wants them could also do the same, and we'll put you together. Yeah, that'll be good. Thanks, Phil. Mm -hmm. uh, Doc says, old Pete, he plays some pool, of course, never beat me all good. I don't know what that means. Uh, Craiger says, Eli Gold had a health issue recently. Yeah. Uh, John says, best men mask men's basketball call ever. Andy Demetrius elevated, detonated call. Uh, when Sidarius came down the lane and dunked and on virtually every Clemson person in the gym, bits of orange scattered across the floor. Yeah, that was at Greenville at the at the, at the well. Because uh, yep. mm -hmm. Clemson played um, Carolina. They, Clemson played their home games there that year while they were re re revitalizing or redoing Little Little John. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, that was uh, that was quite a uh, dunk. Um, for the Gamecocks in <laughs> that good and, and a good win. Gamecocks have never uh, they've actually got another game in Greenville this year. Uh, December 17th they're having a triple header. Gamecocks, Furman and Clemson play three different teams. Gamecocks play East Carolina uh, and keep in mind Carolina's 3-0 and all time including two big wins over Marquette and Duke in the NCAA tournament uh, at the Bon Secours Wellness Arena. So if you're in Greenville uh, get to go out and see G.G. Jackson, man. That's right, so that, show up. Uh, Jared says, saw Thomas Brown's name on the list for Georgia Tech. I don't think th – this sounds crazy. I don't think he'll take it because I think Thomas is going to get an NFL head coaching job. He's a Georgia guy. Now, who knows, right? He, he is from Tucker in Atlanta and all that, but I, I think he's about to get a head coaching job in the National Football League. The National Football League, like legitimately, because you know, he's – coach there for several years doc says i'm always high looking down at sears tower <laughs> i can see sears tower on a clear day from from any really oh yeah, yeah. Not, yeah sort of down the road there's a big field in my neighborhood and you can kind of see the horizon oh they call it something different now though don't they it's not just it's not sears tower anymore is it and that's the willis tower what you talking about willis what you talking about willis so uh 
Corey says, I heard there's a storm warning for the university right now. Is there a chance it's going to affect tonight being canceled? No, there's no rain in the forecast. 1% chance, just 50 mile an hour winds. It's a, it's a, it's a tropical storm warning for the coast. And it's not supposed to get there till Friday early a.m. So not even any rain, Corey, uh, tonight. So I don't think it's going to they're, – they're, they're playing. They're playing as of right now. Uh, Clint says, I was at the game. That was a nasty dunk. Joel says, why can you not trust a guy named Chris? Because if Chris will cross applesauce, what will he do to you? <laughs> That's my middle name. Some know me by that name, don't they, Phil? Yes, sir. Yes, that's sir. a hell of a name, right? Yep. Chris uh, <laughs> says Dale Wilkes is going to get a job soon. Are you guys all with Doc passing it around right now? Is that oh, yeah? Is that, that's right. Yeah, uh, everybody going on uh, game day. Everybody's getting ready. Pre game. By the way, uh, more sad news from yesterday. R.I.P. Coolio. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Man, how's your how's your better half holding up about about that? Well, we've been going through lyrics all morning. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to hit home in the Mullinax house. Oh, I, re- right. I remember when it, when Prince and Bernie Mac passed as well. I mean, uh, and we all three were very distraught about it. So, um, no, he said, oh, to Craiger meant Del McGee. Now, Del McGee oh. is a different story. Del McGee's former high school coach at Columbus Carver. Uh, I don't think he's so much tied tied to Georgia. As he's uh, as he worked at works at Georgia, so Dale McGee could be an interesting candidate there. But I, th- those are my Andrew asked my my picks for the Georgia Tech job. That's who I think they need now. To, now look, you can hire a Dale McGee or a Thomas Brown. They can come in there and recruit. That's fine. My thing is, you got to give them the resources to get great coordinators, and you got to make sure they do. Okay, uh, honestly, yeah, have they shown a willingness to spend? Prior, yeah. you know, yeah. If you uh, if you're going to hire a recruit a recruiter, uh, you need you need to to back him up with some football guys. So that's it. Saunders does have a nice little R.I.P. Coolio, one of the OG Hot Ones interviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, Saunders says it's going to be rainy down in Charleston. Nothing to worry about. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it won't be near as bad as a direct hit. Fortunately, it didn't swing wide and then come back. But yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's not that. So, all right, Keith Allsup from the Lots on the Gamecocks podcast, who normally joins us on Monday, is going to join us on Thursday today on the game day edition, our first ever and uh, game day episode of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We will be right back after these messages with Keith. So hold on to your hats, everyone. Uh, the Cockfather is about to be in the studio. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. 
Sear Voss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email csearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everyone. We are joined by Keith Allsep from Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. He joins us on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. And, of course, we're brought to you by Manscaped. Remember, 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. Morning, Keith. How you doing? Hey, guys. Good morning. Definitely, you definitely need your manscape for your big spur. That's right. That's right. As always. I mean, as normal. Yeah, always. Three stands taller when you trim the hedges. 
It makes it. Did you just say, hold on, repeat that, Phil? Said so the tree stands taller when you keep the hedges trimmed, man. I, that, 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 all right, Chris. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, that's funny. Uh, all right. So we didn't get to talk to you on Monday. Um, just give us kind of your general thoughts about Charlotte uh, leading into this game, you know, kind of what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Uh, just give us give us the raw take uh, heading into, uh, you know, uh, right now uh, in terms of South Carolina. Well, my, my throat has been raw all week. And so if I start coughing, you guys, uh, I apologize for that. This is only the second conversation I've had all week. Uh, and both of them have been with JC. So it's been a perfect <laughs> week for my wife. <laughs> no, no noise coming uh, out of the office on Saturday night. <laughs> uh, no dog cussing. Uh, you know, not, none of that. But I was still here to, uh, you know, basically just lay around. Um, <laughs> honestly, you know, looking back on the on the Charlotte game. Uh, the thing that stood out to me was just that Will Healy carved Clayton White up in the first half. I mean, J.C. Charlotte started seven of seven on third down, three for three in the first quarter. They hit their first four third down conversions in the second quarter. And shoot, they had the lead. You know, South Carolina gets a ball and Marshawn Lloyd has a bunch of good runs and you get in the red zone and Marcus Siderfield's big brain just froze, I guess. You have to settle for a field goal. And zip, 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 you know, uh, slant after slant, RPO. I, you know, I, I thought the first half, I was really more upset with Clayton White than in the defense and a defensive front, by the way, which continues to underperform and and mildly underperform in my performance. But I also think it just shows you how bad South Carolina missed on their evaluation of their linebackers heading into this season. And here's why is – there were several really good linebackers and two or three of them with ties to the state of South Carolina that play at other SEC schools that would have loved to have chosen South Carolina and transferred in in January. And Clayton White said, nope, we're good. And outside of Mokaba, who's now not going to play anymore, they're not good. Brad Johnson has not been very good. Sherrod Green uh, is certainly not the player he was before those injuries. And then you're depending on Debo Williams, who I like a lot, but he's, I don't think, ever going to be an SEC caliber starter because I just don't think he has the foot speed. And Stone Blanton's been banged up. I do think he could be a heck of a player down the line. But I think passing on a Tyrone Hopper, who was the second leading tackler at Florida, 
whose grandmother still lives in Gaffney from Roswell, Georgia. And he's at Missouri now. And Jalen Moody, who went in the portal because he wanted to come home, and you said, nope, we're good. He's starting at Alabama right now. And to me, and JC, I said it on my show every time you came on when we talked about it. Off air, we had many conversations about it. I thought South Carolina needed to shore up their depth at linebacker, and they did not do it, and they are paying the price for it right now on defense. Yeah, look, I said uh, I think this. I think that uh, they need to attack on defense. I, I, think, I think the whole thing, he got carved up because he's too passive. I think he's worried about getting carved up. Um, uh, and and that's happened a couple of times, uh, I think, in the second half when they started getting after it a little bit because, okay, so Brad Johnson, what does he do best? Well, he, he gets after the passer. He's, he's a very straight-line guy, attack guy. He's not a big lateral guy. Um, and uh, I, I think they got to continue to take chances. I mean, you can bend but don't break, Keith, in my opinion. But you got to tighten in the red zone, and, and for two straight or for six straight quarters of football, actually ten, <laughs> uh, Carolina has not tightened in the red zone, and, and teams have just methodically gone down the field on them, and that's de- that's more demoralizing to me th- than give it up like a big pass play or have a, having a busted coverage. Um, and these guys on, on this defense too. I think they like playing that style. I mean, they're they're pretty good at like tipping passes and getting their hands in the air. You know, uh, I completely agree with you. I, I tweeted out half to, about half, around halftime uh, in the Charlotte game. I was like, this defensive line has no more excuses at South Carolina, and they did play better the second half. But I, there was a, a change in philosophy uh, there, and you know, it, it, I understood the, uh, but you. Let me back up. You always understand the explanation and the logic, but that doesn't mean you necessarily agree with it. So I understood the logic behind not taking Moody and not pursuing Hopper. But, uh, boy, those two <laughs> pretty good players. And, and, and I think they were ha- and they felt like Mo Kaba would make a big difference, but then lo and behold, he gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to understand the philosophy or the why because all you have to do is look at it and you know look the the difference in the game was charlotte's quarterback got banged up and south carolina did attack but i mean we are talking about charlotte here one one and three charlotte coming in the game Okay, you sure you can attack and overwhelm them, but your personnel should be good enough to play your base defense and send four and sit there and dominate them. Okay, if you have to, when you attack SEC offenses, you you may have some success, but you're not going to attack an SEC offense, maybe outside of Vanderbilt and get away with it uh, like they did against Charlotte. To me, that's the concerning part. I mean, 
Maybe it's just going to take Sherrod Green a couple more games. I don't know. Uh, the defensive front has used up all their mulligans, in in my opinion. Uh, you know, look, on offense, it's like – it's really, J.C., it's, it's like Spencer Rattler said in the postgame. They really didn't have to throw the ball. Because Charlotte had the worst defense in the country, and South Carolina still came 20 yards under what they were giving up on season average. South Carolina had 545 yards of total offense. Charlotte was giving up like 563. And, you know, South Carolina also got turnovers, which gave them a short field, which was very favorable, and then you know, Marshawn Lloyd could jump over a guy or run through a guy and then run past a guy because on defense, it looked like they had Mo, Larry, Curly, me, you, Bill, Little, Hale McGranahan, and Ben Briner out there. Oh, yeah, their personnel, not that good in Charlotte. No. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I think they got to give – you know, now that Stone's back and, and healthy, you, you got to give him a lot of reps. And, and I, you know, I don't – Debo Williams, uh, you know, I know he's probably not going to win a race. I, I I think it's a matter of him continuing to get more comfortable uh, because when he dissects plays, there's no, there's no speed issue when he's going in a straight line. But as we all know, you play linebacker sideline to sideline and he gets called up sometimes and can't recover. Uh, but but he, I think he's better. He's much faster than Damani Staley and closes much better than Damani Staley. Um, so I, I think he's got a shot. You know, Sherrod has not played as well as he did before he got hurt the previous two years. Um, I, I think they need Blanton to play. I'm intrigued by Bam Martin Scott a little bit, Keith. I, I think that guy does some really good things at linebacker. But, uh, you know, I would almost right now with the situation at edge – uh, you hate to do it to the guy because he's moved all over the place in his career, but I'd almost consider throwing, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, back to back to edge. Cause I think he's a much better choice at that spot because he's old. He's an old man and he's strong and he's got that old man strength, you know, the grown, grown man strength. And uh, Brian Thomas is, a, is just a, a pup, a young pup. So uh, it, it has given up about 70 pounds. So I don't know if maybe they'll do that or not, but uh, that that's kind of what I would consider to do. Um, you know, I, I like easy. He says he thinks it's a, a stretch to want Clayton white going at this point. And I, I don't, I don't think Clayton's, I think Clayton's a good coordinator. That, that didn't come out of my mouth. I'm not yeah. saying well, I, I think, I think, well, no, on the chat box, happy, happy, Abby said, uh, the coordinator's got to go. I, I don't, I don't think that on, on especially on Clayton. I, I think that he needs. Well, he 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 needs better evaluation, better coaching at certain positions, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. And I think he also needs to be more aggressive and take more chances. Uh, and I think his defense during the time he's been at South Carolina, if you look at the beginning of last year, they took a lot of chances uh, in some of those games, like East Carolina games, like that. And then as the year went on, I, I think it may have been to protect the offense a little bit, to be honest. They sat back. And this year, uh, you know, just dying the slow death that they have, 
uh, not being able to get off the field. I mean, you can limit the big plays all you want, but what's the difference if they're chewing up eight minutes off the clock and when they get in the red zone, you don't tighten. You're giving up the same little plays that you did all the way, chuck, chuck, chuck down the field. Uh, so I agree with you there um, and all that. So this game tonight, what do you want to see, Keith? What is your ideal deal? Well, I think it's really fortuitous for South Carolina to play on Thursday. Now, it does look like the wind is going to be a major factor. Like, I would have really liked to see you fine-tune your passing game uh, offensively. You know, we'll see if that happens when you do have the wind uh, to try to – you know, get Spencer Rattler going. I'd really like to see you be more creative and get him out of the pocket to give him a clean look, give him a rollout with a high-low option and maybe a deep ball on the backside. Uh, but defensively, you know, number one for South Carolina State, Shaq Davis is out of Somerville High School. And – He's a guy that's going to play on Sundays and will probably be one of the three or four best wide receivers, in my opinion, uh, that South Carolina fans will see all season. I want to see who gets who gets that matchup and how they fare on defense because, I mean, Shane Beamer just flat out, he called out uh, O'Donnell, soldier of fortune, last week with getting the ball thrown over his head. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's who it was, and he was clearly perturbed about it, and he worked on it. And it is inexcusable. But I can promise you, you know, Brock Bowers is not a wide receiver. And uh, Trey Knox is now a tight end. Uh, you know, other than Jaden Hazel Hazelton or Hazelwood, whatever, I always get that mixed up. Shaq Davis is probably going to be the the most talented wide receiver the secondary's faced up until this point. And uh, you know, how do they do? Because you know, Deion Sanders. Last year at Jackson State, found out about Shaq. Mm-hmm. They had no – primetime had no answer. And so I, I really want to see that. And then I just want to see is South Carolina locked in in all three phases because they were not locked in on defense to start that game Saturday night. And now with a short week, you just have to wonder – you know, with Marcus Siderfield, who we're always wondering about, what's in the game plan and on a short week, what are you doing? Are you going to do too much or are you going to let your guys play? How, how are you going to do it? But for me, South Carolina needs to come out and put these guys away in the first half and be dominant and impose their will on both lines of scrimmage. Talk with Keith Allsett from the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. Yeah, I, I I think Carolina's got a big advantage on both lines of scrimmage. I I uh, yeah, something tells me Christian Bill Smith may have a big game tonight. Um, I just uh, I, I thought that that was the first time we've really seen him get out there and run last week. And I, I you know, SC State 
Uh, look, two ninety seven rushing against old men I mean, against uh, UCF, and it wasn't all plumbly. Uh, one ninety one. They gave up one hundred ninety one rushing yards against Bethune Cookman in a win. And then last week, North Carolina A and T outrushes them two eighty four to twelve. Now they didn't have uh, Kentrell Flowers last week. Uh, which is their leading rusher, the kid from Irmo. But, uh, you know, boy, they have not been able to run the ball or stop the run. Uh, and I think when you look at it, it makes sense to do that. I, I also think that if the wind is gusting up to 35 miles an hour, if the wind's just kind of like a 10-mile-an-hour deal, I think Rattler's got enough velocity to, to slice right through it. Uh, but I don't, I, don't, I don't know about 30 and 40, right? So that's going to be interesting to see kind of what the approach is to the past game is, but I, I, I do think Carolina can go out and, and pile up rushing yards and impose their will on the lines of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's the key, but you want to show improvement. Okay. Offensively, you ran the ball. I thought Rattler uh, was very efficient, run the ball. You know, they had a Penalty down there that kind of, I guess it blew a play dead that Juice Wells was going to catch a touchdown pass and he kind of relaxed and the guy knocked it out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to, to me, every week, particularly like the get get right games in tonight, okay? If, if you don't have it right after this week, I mean, I guess you got to, you know, open date after Kentucky before four-loss Jimbo rolls into town. But, um, I mean, statistically, South Carolina's offense is better through four games than it was last year. Well, it should be. I mean, you've tremendously upgraded at quarterback, at wide receiver, uh, you know, Marshawn Lloyd has has been in beast mode uh, at times, and so you should be much better offensively. But until Charlotte rolled in, you know, you you had no turnovers, right? And Charlotte gifted you like three in a row there um, that really made the difference in the game. So. I want to see, you know, how many turnovers do you get? And then the biggest thing, JC, is what, how do these two weeks, how do they translate moving forward? You got beat by Georgia 48-7. to seven. So what? The now what is what really matters. You knew you were going to be three and two coming out of these games. But how did these two weeks affect you getting right and impact the rest of your season? Yeah, I think it's it's about confidence and it's about getting into a rhythm. Uh, I think it's about gelling on the offensive line. I, I don't know about you, Keith. I thought I sort of based on the small body of work I've seen this year from Moore and then the – two years of, of work I've seen from Wanamaker, I think those guys are better than those other guys. I mean, I, I want to see a little more from Ja'Kai, but, you know, uh, I, I just uh, – they play better. 
You know, I, the, the line plays better when they're in. I, I know they're not blocking Georgia, but I, I didn't think the line against Georgia, they didn't get a push, but they didn't – they weren't completely overwhelmed and dominated, um, you know, like they've looked at – looked looked in some other games uh, this year. So, I, you know, I don't know what you think about those tackles, but I, I kind of uh, am looking forward to seeing what they do and then uh, heading into Kentucky, what happens. I mean, I I like Wanamaker. I like Ja'Kai Moore. Again, it's hard to get an evaluation based off Charlotte, J.C., because Charlotte, I mean, they look like they had Wally Burnham, Whammy, and uh, John Hoke all coaching their defense at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, I think I could have looked pretty good blocking – I, I, I don't know, man. I've seen I've seen these guys look terrible against some teams that that, that before though. I mean, last year, man. I, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen it against. Uh, I'll t- I'll take a, a good half against bad competition. How about that? I think another key, Keith, like to your point, complete game. You know, last week the first half was not good. I mean, it, it looked like a struggle against a team that you should blow the doors off of, right? Um, I'm looking for two halves of football. I mean, they haven't put a whole complete game together yet this year, regardless of opponent. I mean, look, when you're in a one-minute situation, you have to be aware of the clock, okay? And I did not think, you know, I thought that was a hell of a play down there. I guess maybe it's the one before Jalen Brooks took the screen, or maybe I'm confusing because of all the uh, medicine I've been on. But right before the half, South Carolina had a play, and they let almost 30 seconds run off the clock, and they wound up having to kick a field goal because they did not know the guy was out of bounds or not out of bounds. And they had all three timeouts. Okay, you don't get uh, a bonus money for saving your timeouts, and they certainly don't carry over. And, you know, somebody up in the press box, somebody's got to be watching that guy uh, winding the clock. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought that was a miscue because you really wanted seven there, not three, and you had to settle for three because you let almost 30 seconds run off the clock when you had three timeouts. You were not out of timeouts. You were not at one timeout where you wanted to save that in case you got in trouble. They had all three timeouts, and they let 30 seconds run off the clock. Now, I stand on the sideline by high school coaches and on Wednesday and Thursday JV coaches, and, well – I hadn't seen that so far this year. Yeah, yeah, I get you there. You got you got to do that. Less a lot to be desired. All right, Keith, we got to wrap up with you here. Hour number one of the final episode of the show this week. You got a score prediction for tonight, man? Everybody's giving score predictions. I mean, I think it'll be. I mean, if you're South Carolina, you want to break the clock. I mean, you want to. I mean. I've been in that stadium 
I guess when they scored the most points ever, mm -hmm. I think I was against uh, Kent State. Was first State? Time, the first time it was Wichita State. No, I was there for that too. Yeah, Kent State was 77. That was, really, that was Willie Jeffries. Kent State was at the 77 to 13. Yeah, seven, yeah 77 14. Yeah. I, I was at that game. Uh, I mean, I think South Carolina probably wins uh, 59 59 17. 59 17. Keith Osip on the record. Yeah, that that probably means Shaquan Davis gets gets loose and and has a really good game if SC State's able to put seventeen on the board uh, tonight. But uh, they're going to come play hard. And I think I think I think SC State will have a couple of Bennett Swagger will have a couple of tricks up his sleeves to maybe get some uh, in there. All right, Keith. Well, hey, we're hopeful that uh, you're better next week so we can get your Monday uh, cannonball take on the game. <laughs> uh, Oh, that is very popular. You got a lot of former Gamecocks. Buddy Pugh, who recruited a lot of really good players to South Carolina and was a great running backs coach. Uh, he found Dante Robinson because of one of his fraternity brothers. And uh, he was more of a track guy. He, well, he turned out to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. You got Bennett Swigert. Uh, who's from Somerville, who had injuries and, uh, you know, and Nashawn Goddard, who South Carolina got out of Ohio, who's a played in the NFL, who I think is a rising star as uh, an offensive line coach. And I think Bennett does a great job as well. And so for the Bulldogs – and my dearly departed friend, uh, J.J. Bulldog, Jimmy Johnson, let's just hope the, the Bulldogs come out healthy and uh, have a heck of a great rest of their season. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I like uh, – I pull for SC State. Was happy. I love to see him take it to Coach Prime last year, too. He didn't, uh, he didn't know what hit him. Yeah. All right, Keith, good to talk to you Monday, buddy. Hold down the fort, and uh, we'll holla at you soon. All right, I'm going to go uh, rest my voice and drink some tea and get ready to do my podcast. You guys have the week. Thanks. And, of course, that is uh, – thanks, Keith, the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. Uh, you can go actually become a patron and, and check out Keith every single day. If you go to patreon.com slash Locked on the Gamecocks, we certainly uh, have a lot of people that listen to that and uh, certainly – uh, that's a good product. We want you to listen to everybody. We want you to listen to Tito's and Chicken, the Spurs Up show, logged on the Gamecocks. But, but you know, of course, me and Phil. Right I mean, here. we're here. Yeah. Yeah, we're here. We're awesome. <laughs> we're here. Uh, every, every day. Every day. For uh, you know, a little, little jarring to hear Keith's review of the game today, I think. But uh, if, if you don't want some straight home truths, you don't invite Keith on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Carolina, Carolina Titan says, LOL, Keith is a straight savage. I love his honesty. Yeah, he's in the zone that way, too. So he's, he's pretty good. Um, and we're going to get back, have a coordinator discussion. We got a bunch of predictions rolling in for the Gamecocks at SC State. Hour number two, just us chatting with each other, chatting with you, chatting about the game on a, a game day episode of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's rare that this will happen. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I, if Carolina ever plays for the SEC or national championship, 
me and Phil are going to show up in tuxedos and broadcast live from the site, you know, so you so can get used to that. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll be back second hour uh, right here inside the Game Costa Show after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting 
ninasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. What's up? This is Jaheen Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. And, of course, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Don't forget to use the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Contact uh, Adam or Derek for all of your commercial real estate needs. It's A. Burgesson, that's B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, at Remax.net. All right. We found right. Jaheim Bell. Hopefully, they, uh, you know, will be able to find him this evening. <laughs> it's one of the things I'm concerned about. <laughs> we don't need a missing Jaheim. <laughs> yeah, don't need to be missing him. All right, so Brian has those tickets for free. All right, so if you want those tickets, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com, email us in to the I Help Consulting mailbag, and we'll put you in touch with Brian. You guys can uh, – do it there in the East Upper on the 50. So they're pretty good seats. Oh, yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. So if you want those tickets, uh, let oh, up. Into the row, too. One, two, three, four. Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll yeah. see. I, I know if you're me, I need to sit at the end of that. I'm nervous about going to the Kentucky game because I don't know exactly where those seats are. Uh, I haven't kind of looked at the at the actual seat numbers, but I'll have to get up and step over people and all that five, 15 different times. No. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just embarrassing. Anyway, uh, I hope we're winning then because then it won't be quite so much of a chore. Yeah, and I won't want to get this. So it, it's good. All right. Uh, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com is that, is that, that's the I Help Consulting mailbag. Um, we do have uh, a question that I'm going to read from, from Jonathan. He says, Listen to the JC and Morgan podcast. Could have sworn you were talking about describing the Gamecocks. We we're talking about Georgia Tech needing a specialized offense to win and making an iffy coaching hire. Uh, if this happens thoughts. Um, no, I don't, I don't think Gamecocks made an iffy coaching hire. I, I think they, there's some question about the offense, obviously. Um, you know, as far as South Carolina, I feel, I, I don't know that it needs to be as specialized as what I'm thinking about for Georgia tech, Georgia tech, uh, is in a tough spot. Recruiting wise, uh, just because of their fan base, the money they have, they're in the ACC, they're not relevant in Atlanta. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that's it. I think South Carolina needs to be spe- specialized to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look- Casey and Morgan, you were talking about like being so specialized that it takes extra or different preparation for the yeah, teams, right? Yeah. Prep. Yeah. And I think South Carolina does need to be a special prep. Uh, but it's to a certain extent. You know, I, I think what Steve Spurrier ran on offense here it was great. I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I think if you look at some of the other coaches that have been at South Carolina, Lou Holtz. Okay, so Lou Holtz tries to run something from 1993 <laughs> at Notre Dame. Uh, in That's the time, generous. <laughs> and the, the seasons he did that, he didn't do any better than six and five. And one year he lost every game. Uh, you know, but he switched to Skip Holtz's spread offense for those couple of years, and South Carolina moved the ball just fine. I mean, they had a great defense, but just fine. And uh, that's the thing about the Gamecocks, too. South Carolina's never been good without being good on defense. The uh, the teams with great offenses and bad defenses, uh, the best year was seven and six, uh, and that would probably be uh, 2014, 2018, and 
then in 1995, great offense, terrible defense. Uh, they went four, six, and one. Mm-hmm. So you got to at least have you know a good to above average defense. Um, all right, so that's that's two, um, and, and that's just how this program is. You have access to better defensive players uh, mm-hmm. in your footprint than offense. Uh, but but what I don't think you could do is just go out there and run something that you know is either overly complicated or it's not something special you have to prep for, like a pro-style system. Um, you know, you can't go do what Georgia Georgia traditionally has tried to do or, or like some of the Big Ten teams. You know, you've you got to kind of be different, uh, you know, whether that's with a dual-threat quarterback, pro-style quarterback. And you have to have something that's a – you know, and this is one thing that in theory I liked uh, or that could, that could work about Satterfield's offense as a system – is that it was? It is kind of adaptable to different styles of quarterbacks, different things. They have a pretty robust playbook, all that good stuff. Uh, but I, you know, I, I just th- there's questions about that moving forward. Um, yeah, but so I think you know when you're talking about having to specialize preparation, where we have the advantage over you know a program like Georgia Tech is, we actually can get the recruits in here, and yeah. the individual you know Jimmys and Joes, if you will, you you do have to plan around and prepare for. But if you're not using them effectively, then, you know, you kind of lose that advantage. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you have the ability to run it a lot. A lot. So you have South Carolina, I mean, even during the Spurs era, you know, there were there were games that, that probably drove him crazy because he couldn't throw the ball. But why do that when, you know, you're playing Georgia and they can't stop Marcus Lattimore? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, you know, and, and things like that. So that's the thing there. Uh, X-Man Xavier from the Pacific Northwest. He participates on Twitter in the chat box uh, and in the, in, in the mailbag. He says, my question is, would you rather have these easier games before or after a game like UGF? Personally, say after because I feel like if you put f- up 56, you go into the UGA game thinking you're going to have a great out- offensive output, then get blanked. That could crush your season. Oh, he said after. Uh, at least now you come out of the UGA game and have these games to help reestablish confidence and forget the Georgia game. Your thoughts? I, I don't know, man. I, I would have liked to have seen them open with Georgia State, Charlotte, and South Carolina State because I, you mentioned that word confidence, uh, Phil. I, I and, and and then there's you know and this is where Keith and I kind of diverge a little bit. Uh, I don't care that Charlotte's not that good. I mean. Uh, South Carolina has played against defenses the last two years that aren't that good that shut them down. You know, Um, you know, I I think, I think sometimes it's about getting your players that have the talent to go out there and perform uh, to have that success and believe, I mean, Marshawn Lloyd now believes he can go out there and run the ball against anybody. Yeah. You woke up half of your offense last week. Uh, Your defense finally woke up. It looks like, you know, in the second half of the game. Um, so for me, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind seeing like maybe Georgia State, Charlotte, then play the two and then have a, a recoup game heading into Kentucky. That You know, maybe do two, then, you know, a couple of big time games and then play the extra one just to kind of recoup, <laughs> recover. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know if I do them all before. Yeah. And yeah, but my, my biggest concern is, is that, I don't care if we win 77 to nothing tomorrow or tonight. If we don't put together a complete game and a coherent, balanced 
offense, right? Don't get creative other than, you know, where you might have some creativity in some of the existing stuff. I don't know. I figure the game plan on the offense probably won't be that different than what we saw last week just because of the short time to prepare. I think it's probably reasonable to think that we're going to try to run the ball all over them. Um, but I'm not going to feel good going into Kentucky if, you know, we don't play a complete game and we don't look like we know what we're doing. <laughs> I feel you there. Yeah. Um, all right. Then you've wasted your, you know, get right opportunities. And uh, that's, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I get it. I totally get it. All right. More predictions rolling in on the uh, I help consulting mailbag. Uh, got to get, let me get on Twitter real quick and do this. I'll just go ahead and say, uh, we got J-Rock coming in. It says we need to put Cam Smith on Shaquan Davis, have him shadow him the whole game. Agreed. Yeah, not a bad idea. J-Rock says 49-7. Gamecocks. Uh, Colin says don't care about the score. Just want to see Rattler throw for 350-plus yards. Our receivers need some love. Rattler needs some confidence. I agree. And, I, Colin, I think I think Spencer got some confidence last week. Um, he says wishful thinking. I'll say 63-13. Cocky gaming. He's like, I'm close to happy. I'm thinking 45 10, but it's because we're playing third string walk ons halfway through the third quarter. J Rock says, if the run and pass, but we get clicking on all cylinders, it may be 63 to 7. Saunders says, any chance at all? We see Braden Davis, Tanner Bailey, Colton Gauthier, or, or Daniels. I think Gauthier would go in third, is my guess. I don't know. I don't know what the plan would be for that if it gets out of hand. Uh, Probably just play Luke Doty. I mean, because you, yeah. you know he's playing well, keep them happy, all that good stuff. Joe Powell says making the trip to Columbia from Spartanburg. We love Spartanburg here on the show. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the new way, seventy-seven-seven. Uh, Spartanburg, that Spartanburg optimism. Lady Bree comes. This is hey all. Uh, he says, JC, your conversation about pronouns and stuff yesterday was awesome. <sighs> I'm going to clip and tweet a huge thanks to you. You handled that extremely well. Well, I mean, oh, there I, you go. It was a compliment. Hey, look, that, those are oh, that's a compliment. You know, I'm treacherous waters these days. You know, I, yeah, I just, uh, I, I kind of steer clear of those things, but I look, I was like, I oh, probably need to figure that out. Uh, Quantrell says, Where did the nickname Whammy come from? I always hear Keith say it. I think if this is correct, I hope I'm not. I'm, uh, when he was a DB at, at Alabama. Because he played at Alabama, uh, he would knock your, you know, butt in the dirt. Whammy! Uh, it di- it didn't come from Anchorman because he had that before our boy. Whammy! <laughs> Colin says I'm debating going to Kentucky. Last time I went was the Dylan Thompson pick six loss. That was awful. Lots of bourbon up blue people cussing at me that day. Would love revenge. I haven't been since. Uh, gosh. Uh oh oh 2010. I, I was in action. I was in the press box that game. Um, and that obviously stunk. It smelled. Lady says Graybeard Rodriguez will be back this week against Ole Miss. He was suspended for for three games. Um. Yeah, we all knew he would be coming back. Oh no, I, I have no doubt in my mind. In fact, I think I said I think that game with Ole Miss is when he went back. Um. Lady says, I thought Muschamp was a good pickup because we had lost that defensive identity. Yeah, Muschamp, I, that system is a, is another system that, you know, you have to have talent, a lot of it. 
Yeah, he plays a really complex defense. I mean, or puts one together. So it takes a lot of thought, and you do have to have a ton of talent. And I think that we didn't get to see that because he was not. Had he been the DC, it might have been different. But being the head coach, he's got a lot more responsibilities than just getting the defense right. So I don't think that really manifested itself for us. And, and you kind of look at that D two, um, Phil, and uh, you know Alabama. Their defense isn't as dominant as it used to be. They still right. have really good players, um, and it busts. Assignments bust. I think their style of play on offense now sometimes lends itself to giving up more points. Uh, Georgia's got the talent, obviously, to play. But look, they tried to do it at Tennessee. Uh oh, that didn't work. Uh, Muschamp did it at Florida relatively well, but you look at when he was at Florida, how many freaking all Americans <laughs> they had uh, on, on, on that team, on that side of the ball offense, not obviously, uh, you know, Michigan state is not terribly good on defense. They're not terribly good on offense this year either. Cause they got blown out by Minnesota. Uh, that's Mel Tucker from that same coaching tree. Um, so, you know, you, you just kind of look at it and it's like, well, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, even in, in Florida State's national championship year where uh, – or, or maybe it was the year after, whatever Pruitt was there for that one year, it just wasn't – you know, it wasn't a dominant system. It's because you, you got bust. You get opportunities down the field. Um, you know, when Ellis Johnson was here, his defense was very, very simple. Uh, in fact, he ran it as a high school coach. But what, what what was the difference? Why was that such a good defense? Is because he coached the kids to run it really, really fast. That's right. Play some of, fast. you know, some of these offenses like Tennessee's offense, not not that complex, but they go really, really fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and all that. Easy eases Whipple from the Arizona Cardinals would be a good hire for someone. Browse tree offense is he? Mark, uh, is it Mark Whipple? Is it Mar- I think it's Mark. Isn't it? or, or we're probably talking about another Whipple because Cliff Kingsbury is the coach at uh, Arizona. I'll look that up. Um, you know, happy, happy. He says, I'd like to see two warm up games, conference play, tweet game, conference play. I agree. Ryan goes 35 14. Our boy Daniel says, I want to see Bell go off. Uh, Easy says, nah, it's windy, and Lloyd can't have two good games in a row. Rattler throws it 50 times and Lloyd gets two carries. Kidding, sort of. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like, like you're not allowed to have two good games in a row. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's time for him to disappear. <laughs> Titan says, JC, if this game is 35-17, would you be concerned? Yeah. I would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would. Concerned? That, that's putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah. Muschamp system didn't work here because we couldn't get the guys to execute it. At Georgia, he has the guys he needs for his system to work. Absolutely. And J Rock says, I loved our defense under Coach Ellis. They, defense, you have to play free. And it's, here's the thing about it. Uh, and this is why Clayton White came in and lost a lot of players and improved the defense because that defense is playing free, more free than they did the previous year under Muschamp when they gave up a zillion yards and a zillion points. I'll say this I don't know that this defense has been playing free until the second half against Charlotte this year. It's that it, it, tentative. Not wanting to make a mistake, bend but don't break, that kind of thing. And that's not a, that's not what Clayton White did at Western Kentucky. I mean, it was exotic pressures and 
the kid, their kids played hard and they knew it and played free. So I don't know what the idea was, you know, the first games, you know, first few games, but, uh, I was, you know, second half last week, I looked at it and I said, well, this looks more like the defense that he runs and, and that's been successful. So hopefully they continue to do that. Uh, Easy says, I thought Kingsbury and Browse ran a similar offense when I mentioned the tree could be wrong. Sort of, you know, they're, they're both kind of from that. Now, Kingsbury is a Mike Leach guy, but he's incorporated in the NFL a lot of run game and stuff, especially with Kyler Murray to where it, because in the NFL, you can't just you can't just you can't run Mike Leach's you know go five wide every play and run it six times, you'll get your butt kicked. Um, it, it, you know, and it, 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 so there's similarities with it now, but but Kingsbury is a Leach guy, and Browse is a is a Browse guy. Yeah, yeah. Still good. And Whipple, uh, Spencer Whipple is the one at Arizona with Kingsbury Spencer. right now, who's the son Spencer. of Mark, who is of course the. Well, current offensive offensive coordinator, I think, still at Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, he's still there, man. Yeah, four, four. I tell, I tell you what, I would do if let's just say it opens. Um, you know the the OC. You know, there's some guys out there. I mean, not you know, Kansas's offensive coordinator, really good. Kent State's offensive coordinator, really good. Um, I, 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 I would maybe steer clear of the NFL <laughs> just because I, mean, I mean, look, Kentucky's gone to this well twice, uh, and, and, and this has nothing to do with the outcome next week, but look at their total offense numbers. They're near the bottom of the league last year. They're near the bottom of the, their, their total offense numbers right now are below South Carolina's. I mean, you know, LSU tried to do something similar last year. That was a dumpster fire. You know, I, I just, you know, I, I, the, the teams that are good on offense uh, in this league either have, you know, pro systems with elite play callers that like Georgia uh, or, or a pro system that's been scaled way back, but still like, you know, the Chiefs or the Eagles when, when they won the Super Bowl with the RPOs or stuff like Bama. Uh, or it's 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 the browse tree guys, you know, and, and you look, I've said this before, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Ole Miss, you can't really count them anymore because Levy left. But you look at Tennessee, Ole Miss, Arkansas last year, it's all the same system. They just – certain teams have certain strengths and they play too. cater to the personnel. That's the – you know, yeah, you got to cater it to the personnel. Because in college, you're not guaranteed – you know, you can't go out there and pay a guy $100 million. Yeah. Um, Quantrell says, what about an offense similar to Air Raid with strong elements of the run? Uh, it's the SEC, so I'd never want to abandon the run, but something like that makes South Carolina unique. That's right, Quantrell. I mean, I that's what you need. That's what the Browse thing to me is is good. I mean, you look at Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin when Levy was there. Those guys love to throw the ball, but they would run it at you too. They'd run it all over you if, if they could. Brian says he was in Lexington in 2018 to have nightmares. Bentley completely stroked out. It, that was his worst game, I thought, Jake's. You know, at South Carolina, he he had a game like that at uh, I think against maybe Washington State at Utah that wasn't good either. And you guys know I'm a huge Jake fan. I'm not criticizing him, but but that and there were a lot of games that that he quarterbacked and lost that he got the blame for. That was it was completely ridiculous and unfair. It wasn't his fault. But uh, that Kentucky game, they had the right game plan. They're going to tackle vertically, use Debo, Brian Edwards, shot those guys just like they did against Clemson later that year. 
Uh, they went downtown a lot, and he just misfired. It just happens. Um, and we saw Jared, some of that, I think, again against Arkansas too. It was like he took his shots, like Rattler did. The yeah. Rattler, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we just just missed. Uh, Jared says, if White's using concepts uncharacteristic to his style, do you guys think Beamer's micromanaging the defense? Doubtful. I doubt that. Yeah, I doubt it. Doubtful. I mean, head coaches sometimes. Let's just say I'd be kind of disappointed if you're hamstringing the defense because of the offense, because that offense should be better. I mean, there's no question, but I don't think so. Um, Browse, uh, Andrew says, Browse offense came from the Veer originally. It's a bunch of different pass concepts built on top of that. You know, Kingsbury's modified air raid with a little little success running the ball. Gotcha. Andrew, it may kind of look the same, though. But, yeah, the Veer – yeah, you want to talk about a special prep? You start running some old school veer and wing tea concepts. Wing tea, yeah, yeah. That, that's why I, you know, as as much crap as Gus got, Gus Malzahn from the Auburn folks. When Gus tried to be Steve Spurrier and have a passing quarterback and drop back and you know get in the spread, chuck it all over the yard, uh, it never worked. But when he had a running a guy that could run and you could run those wing tea runs and things like that, uh, I mean. Nick Marshall, then they play for national championship. I mean that that's uh that's what you gotta have. Uh Cawthorn says, uh excited to see what Beal Smith and Rucker can add now that both are back. Uh yeah. Phil, I, I talked to, about this earlier today about Corey Rucker. He did a press conference this week and said, I'm not in good shape right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, still healing. Yeah, he's like, I'm not in the best shape right so now. I, I'm kind of looking at him, maybe, maybe by AM coming to make it more of an impact. Bill Smith, you're absolutely yeah, yeah, it was good to see him get going. I would like to see that continue this evening. Yeah. Contrast says, how about Josh Gaddis? I feel like his fit with Tyler Van Dyke is awful. He needs a mobile guy. I don't I, you know, so Gaddis has always kind of been the guy that works for the guy. Um I, I don't know. I, I I I like I know Josh Gaddis a little bit. He was at Vanderbilt when I lived in Nashville uh, and then went to Penn State with James Franklin. And uh he's probably going to be a head coach soon too. Um, but uh, I, I think Carolina probably needs to go look at someplace like, uh, you know, you know, the Browse tree or, or, or get the guy at Tulsa, pretty good, pretty good guy. I mean, maybe look in the lower levels. Who's in it. Who is innovating? Uh, stop looking to the NFL for me. And that's across the board. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I know, you know, but hey, you, you know what? And conceptually, uh, if the play calling got right and and all that, then you know what's in the playbook could work at South Carolina. I think, um, and I hope it does. I hope we're not even talking. To, I hope we're, we're talking about. Uh, oh God, it'd be nice. Something else, and you know, going, you know, because the, the Gamecocks, if they do turn it around, this team's good enough, folks. They haven't played good enough. But this good enough. This team's good enough, talented enough to be seven and two, going to the swamp in November. Yeah, just be honest. I mean, that, 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 will they? Do I? Do I consider that a likely scenario? Not at this point. But they're good enough to. I mean, they're good enough to beat A and M in Columbia. They are good enough to win at Kentucky. They're good enough to beat Missouri and Vandy certainly. Uh, and then they're good enough to go to Florida, so they could be eight and two going into Tennessee. Um, probably won't do it. 
because I need to see I need to see more consistency on both yeah, sides. Yeah, I'm not going to pick it that way right now. <laughs> pick it that way, but uh, yeah. yeah. And Andrew makes an excellent point. Then we'll go to break our final break. Uh, and I agree with you, uh, AP. Here, the innovation comes from really low level college and high school coaching, or really low level college and high school coaching. They are the most experimental, and they have to adapt to town if they want to be successful. That's why, you know. Um, well, it's the do more with less. Yeah, that's yeah, why. You know, that's why. That's why high school coaches. Mm -hmm. High school coaches, most of them can't recruit. Some of them do. So, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, and and that's why I've always been a big Bobby Bentley guy because I, I've read his playbook, and it's it's you know the, the offense is structured with the way they do it. To where, okay, one year you got five great receivers, you could chuck it all over the yard. The next year, we'll maybe have a great running back, one good receiver. Uh, and then what I really liked about it was at the beginning of his uh, playbook uh, manifesto or whatever, it says, You do not have to be great on the offensive line to run this system successfully. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I really liked about it. Now, I don't know if he's been in college now a while, worked for a lot of different – I don't know how he's evolved. Because some guys some guys evolve and then they – you know. but that's why I've always been a fan of his. I think uh, you know, that, that system could work. I mean, don't knock the high school systems. That, you, they, they have to be creative. That's true. Yeah, you know? and he ran it like a machine at Burns. Oh, yeah, super yeah. fast. Called it from the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Had his uh, visor on. Hmm, wonder who that looked like. Yeah. You know, I've <laughs> always been a fan of, of his. Can't understand for the life of me why Jeff Scott didn't promote him to OC. Can't, can't, I mean, that, that was the most shocking thing uh, I think I've ever seen. Uh, you know, that just uh, – but you know, Jeff's won what one power five game, I guess. So um, since he's been there, uh, but yeah, that that system for those of you that saw Burns, I mean, they, they could go fast, they could run it, they could throw it. I mean, it just depended on their personnel. Uh, but that's the idea, I think, at South Carolina. And you know, here, here's a compliment to Marcus Satterfield: the the playbook is set up that way, right? Um, but. I don't know. You just don't know how he's run it like that. So I don't, I don't know. And, and I don't know how they teach it either. I don't, and I, and things like cadences and terminology and stuff. Uh, look, there's no reason why Spencer Rattler needs to tell a reporter or, I mean, it's not, it's okay that he told the reporter, but, or, or his quarterback's coach or whoever, uh, but, but we never need to hear that. Oh, well, whereas this play at Oklahoma would be one word. Uh, it's it's nine words long at South Carolina. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not for college. I mean, and I don't know how much it is or not. Um, so anyway, uh, we will be back with more uh, predictions. Uh, South Carolina kicking off here in about how long, Phil? Oh, seven hours, seven and a half hours, six and a half hours, six and a half hours. So. That's the trip to Disney from the upstate, I think. Six and a half. It's been on to Jacksonville. <laughs> well, yeah, you got two kids. That's yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to stop. <laughs> yeah. You know, anyway. Um, so, all right. We'll be back uh, after uh, this final break here on uh, Inside the Gamecocks, the show, as we wrap up the week and head into a unexpected Thursday night game day. It's just a nice surprise. We'll be back.
If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good Southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts. But I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> 
I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or HeritageDigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! Welcome back, everybody, to the final segment of a special game day edition of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. He's J.C. Sherbert. I'm Phil Molinax. The show, of course, is sponsored and brought to you by Manscaped. Join over 5 million men worldwide who have uh, joined with Manscaped and using the new performance package 4.0. Comes with the lawnmower 4.0 upgraded over the last one. It's nice, waterproof, so you don't have to make a mess in your bathroom floor. Comes with the uh, weed whacker, ear uh, and nose trimmer, ear and nose hair trimmer. That'd be a nose trimmer. I could use a little trim, right? You know, I'm not, I'm not that vain, so I don't really care about it. <laughs> about the, out the the size of my schnoz. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the um, remember use the code Big Spur for twenty percent off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off and free shipping. With code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. Use the right tools for the right job with Manscaped. All right. Thanks for that, Phil. Here we go. We are uh, going through the uh, the predictions on Twitter. Tim comes in. 40 to 13 Gamecocks. Greenwood, South Carolina. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Muck Fark Stoops says 62 17 Gamecocks. He's also from Greenwood. Uh, uh, <laughs> 32 to 10 good guys from Chesterfield. Good guys, I have to tell you, than your tater. What's a tater? Uh, good guys, if I have to tell you that you are a tater. You are one, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, what is Cox first class saying? Oh, uh it was a response to yesterday's poll. Uh, Duncan says Charlotte, North Carolina, 48-13 Gamecocks. So I kind of like to see where everybody's from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of fun because we, we have people from Pacific, the Pacific North. We have a whole group in the Pacific Northwest, the, you know, the Greater Seattle Gamecock Club or whatever. Right, yeah, man, y'all need to join forces up there. <laughs> Loves our show. Man, maybe me, me and Phil will take a nice uh, – nice, nice, uh, trip out there or something yeah that's right yeah oh. host a watch party yeah host a watch party at the fish market or something i don't know i don't know i'll step over all the homeless tents and everything out there uh vj belmont says uh on the i help consulting mailbag he says hey guys my son and i attended the charlotte game last weekend and the atmosphere for a lower tier team was amazing i agree I know our players get a lot of crap for how they play on the field sometimes, but wanted to remind everyone to have some respect for the humans they are off the field, too. On the way in the game, we bumped into Perry Orth, who was more than happy to take a photo of my son. And after the game, we went down to the hedges to try to get a high-five from the players. Cam Smith, Zach Pickens, and Marshawn Lloyd all came right over and talked to fans. And Cam even signed my son's towel. Great group of guys. Um, keep up the good work on the podcast, Belmont. I, look, I agree, Belmont. And I'll, I'll say this. Um, I uh, I do think there's a lot of good human beings on on this football team and in this football yeah. program. Uh, I don't I think that's undeniable. I don't know that it's always been that way. Um, I, I think Steve Spurrier really did that though. I mean, because even the you know the really really good teams, um, 
you know, those guys were competitors, winners, whatever you want to call them, but they, they were all good people, you know, and, and, I, and I think that's, that's one of the other, the many ways Steve Spurrier changed his program because, you know, he, uh, you look at the difference between, you know, some of the, like the rap sheet at Florida, uh, when Spurrier was there versus like when Urban Meyer was there and they both had a lot of success. Um, think about that. Yeah. So. Urban. Yeah. He had some interesting characters. Jeez. Yeah, no doubt. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know somebody that killed, killed people, you know, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. you had Tim Tebow and then that guy. I'm like, wow, what an eclectic group. What an eclectic group we have here. Urban. <laughs> so, so Drew says, uh, JC enjoying the show. I catch the podcast every evening. I heard you say a few times the offense works when it can get the run game going. Do you think we get the run game going mostly against inferior teams? Yeah, but you know, North North Carolina, I mean, not good on defense. Florida, Florida and Auburn were probably the two best defenses they were able to run it on last year. The inconsistency drives me crazy because Missouri sucked on defense last year and they couldn't get the run game going. Like, no, that was the one game we were like, man, we're going to be able to run it all down their throat, and they did the exact opposite. Terrible game plan, just awful. Uh, so if a defense is evenly matched, our offense or superior our offense sputters. This scheme can only work at Georgia and Alabama with superior talent to everyone they play. You know, that's if that's the case. You know, I mean, I, I think that's that's probably the only known about this offense is that if they run the ball at will almost – yeah, they do pretty well. Um, now, the Auburn game last year, they didn't exactly go up and down the field, man. They were just uh, – uh, they did it when it mattered. They did it in clutch time. And then Carolina's defense uh, did a good job of, of tightening up and stopping Auburn after that the first couple of drives. And Auburn, for whatever reason, uh, quit giving it to Tank Bigsby. So. Yeah, and this year you let some running opportunities go, in my opinion, in the Arkansas game. I mean, Agreed. outmatched at Georgia, but you know, yeah. but you know. I thought they sort of gave up on the run game against Georgia a little bit too. But who knows? Yeah, uh, you know, but you're uh, down a thousand. So <laughs> Drew says, "What do you think of Bobby Bentley as an OC candidate? If we have to make a change, if if you have to make a change, look, I'd love it. I'd be all for it. I think it would work. I'll, I'll be honest. And we just talked about Bobby. Bobby's never been an OC in college." Yet. Um, and that's going to be a hard number one. I don't know that, Mm -hmm. I don't know that he'd even be on Shane Beamer's radar. Um, number two, you probably need to go get somebody that's called it in college and has a track record because the, you know, there's a group of the fans that, that understand what, what Bobby's all about, you know, and that kind of are sitting there going, well, well, Muschamp would have still been the coach here had Bobby been the OC and all this. Um, because they watch Burns and they know. Mm-hmm. Then there's a group of the fan base that, you know, a tiny group that doesn't like him, that didn't like Jake, that never gave them a chance, uh, complained about everything, uh, diminish him. And I think those people are probably diehard high school football fans that aren't fans of Burns. They got their asses cut. Yeah, that's your, that's your <laughs> Dorman and Gaffney fans, right? And they're a little upset about it. <laughs> I understand that part too. Um, and, and then there's a group that, you know, unless you go get a name, uh, they're not going to be happy. And, and, and I don't think a name matters. I, I think you got to go get a guy that's innovative, that's mm-hmm. maybe at another level. Like everybody nowadays loves Phil Longo at North Carolina, right? We love Phil Longo, Phil Longo, mm-hmm. Phil Longo. Well, guess what? Hugh Freeze hired Phil Longo. I think he, 
he had coached at Sam Houston State for a year, and before that, he was a D two ball in Pennsylvania, like where where G A Mangus came from. Yeah, not a um, name. <laughs> yeah, so, so so think about that. You know, uh, Chip Kelly. Everybody everybody loves Chip Kelly when he was at Oregon, right? Uh, Chip was the OC at New Hampshire, the Wildcats, the New Hampshire Wildcats. And, uh, yeah, and so Mike Bellotti hired him. He's there one year, takes over the head coaching job, and all of a sudden was the best, one of the best coaches in football for a while, or, or college football. Don't think Chip did that well in the pros. Um, so it's guys like that, I mean, that, that you got to go find. Now they're hard to find, uh, but I would take that over – a, a, a stretch from the NFL or uh, a guy that, you know, was the guy that worked for the guy or, or what, you know, I, I just, um, that's just kind of my opinion on it. Uh, somebody did mention Florida state's offensive coordinator, Alex Atkins. I love that guy, but I love him as a run game coordinator. O-line coach uh, Norvell's really dialing them up. I know there was a big long article about Atkins and being the actual OC and all that, but uh Trust me on that. Mm. You know, Mike Winterville's uh, dialing it up. Uh, HB says, uh, all right, so on yesterday's poll question, uh, Vivian starts talking about West Virginia on Thanksgiving Day in 1990. I remember that game, Gamecocks won. Um, HB says, my firstborn was born at Cape Fear Valley Hospital in Fayetteville on 10-3-07. Mm, I remember holding him that night, watching USC take down Kentucky. And Eric Norwood playing lights out will always cherish that memory. That's a beautiful memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, heading to Charleston. I, headed, I went to Charleston after that game for my uh, ex brother in law. Mm-hmm. I hate saying ex because I, I still know the guy and think the world of him. But uh, uh, his wedding, he, he actually had a wedding during fall, Phil. Mm-hmm. And so this was family at the time. So Yeah, so you got to go. Yeah. Well, they had already moved the by the when, when they had set that date, they had already moved the Carolina game to Thursday night. Ah. So thank you. Yeah, fortunate. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um and, and some people got in a in a in a scuffle because somebody answered um USC Georgia 2012. <laughs> and everybody's like, it was a it was a Saturday night game. And it was, it was like, so uh, Gamecat Fan 3 says, one thing I'm looking for in this game is Lloyd getting 15 touches. I don't want to see him disappear after a good game. Hey, that's a trend right now. So, yeah, it concerns me, too. I, I, if I had mentioned that all week, it, it sounds like I'm being crazy critical. And, I, you know, after a win, why would you do that? That's not positive. But uh, not that I have to be positive about every win, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens after his big game because, you know, you look at this through 17 games. Guys have had big games one week, and look what happens the next. What do you think, Phil? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the one of the tendencies that needs to stop. <laughs> you know, that's – you know, I think tendency is kind of an overarching theme when it comes to offense, whether it be calling, you know, personnel usage – disappearances there are tendencies that need to not be there so let's get that right tonight my guy joel my guy my guy joel who's totally done with kentucky because he lives in louisville he can't take it anymore says he take bobby bentley or justin step as offensive coordinator any day of the week very interesting daddy goes 35 six cox but just fingers crossed my lights stay on ah if you're on the coast yeah i hope so too yeah Caroline Titan says Steve Spurrier also didn't want us telling players good job when they produced crap on the field. 
don't know about the players. He didn't want. He didn't want. He didn't want you to clap after you lost. That's yeah, that's that. right. <laughs> uh, Andrew goes the thirty for thirty on 05 to 09 Florida will be a big hit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, TA goes fifty two sixteen Cox. Gene Bell has two touchdowns. Greenville is home, but currently, you know where he is. It's where they love the governor. <laughs> Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Shoals, Alabama. Muscle Shoals. They is it? Is it? No, is it Birmingham? They love the Birmingham. Governor. They love the governor. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's the Leonard Skinner lyric about Muscle Shoals? I'm a moron. Uh, well, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> the next OC can't be. I think this guy can do it. We need to play a proven OC a million dollars and let him run the show. I don't know. Proven means college football to me. Like, I'll take a I'll take a D two or an FCS guy that's doing more with less. That's got a six seven. Like, so I'll say this: the guy at Kansas that runs uh, offense for for Lance Leopold. Uh, that dude's the biggest place he's been before Kansas is Buffalo. He was at Wisconsin Whitewater for eight years dialing up ball plays. Do you know how hard it is to get players at Wisconsin Whitewater? Mm-hmm. It's not Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin Whitewater. You know, and, and they won national championship after national championship. So, and you look at look at what Kansas. You tell me Kansas has had all this great recruiting BS, <laughs> and, and they're just they're just beating teams down. Uh, you know, like for example, Kansas beat Houston. You know, the great Dana Holgerson, you know, supposed to be this great play caller, and, and who is so that's one of those things. Ryan says Burns was a system, though, right? They taught the kids similar plays in the little league. Not sure Bentley has the same success as an OC in college. That's uh, that's true, but that's not why they were successful. I mean, he, he dialed them up on game day, uh, and his system is is a lot like. In terms of application, it's a lot like Spurrier. Spurrier's deal was, and if you and if you ever go watch, watch Steve Spurrier's team's practice, they're out there running the same daggum pass concept over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And so that would be your guts of the offense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then great thing about him, he had a lot of option routes and stuff for receivers before everybody was doing it, so it was good. Mm-hmm. Well, then how he would go in and scheme you up was he would – it was the formations. He, he would run kind of the same play and, and then put little wrinkles in, and, and it was easy. The kids the, – once once everybody repped it all spring and repped it all summer, it was great. So uh, I thought that was good. Um, Daddy Cam Cam is getting two picks tonight. The South Carolina State boys are mouthing off. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a good opportunity for him too because I think – the Gamecocks are probably going to come after or should come after Corey Fields, uh, who I think for that level is a really good quarterback. Um, so that, that's the thing there. Uh, yeah, Tim, but I'd love to see him be so uncomfortable this evening. <laughs> I think he will be because I, I don't think their offensive line's all that good either. Nothing against, uh, you know, Nashawn Goddard. Carolina no. Titan says Spurrier also had a lot of big bullies at wide receiver. Well, if you think about it, you know, it, it, they kind of recruited the same way, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he took advantage of in-state wide receivers and uh, had some guys like McKinley that panned out from out of state and Pharaoh Cooper and all that. But they, you know, and Junior had Junior actually did well, um, I think, uh, developing wide receiver talent. I, I don't think anything else 
Uh, you know, don't make, don't let him make any personnel decisions whatsoever. Right? No, yeah. <laughs> coaches, players, will tell him who to play, tell him who to coach. But uh, as far as like teaching the game, there, there may be nobody better in football as far as teaching guys how to play uh, that position. So uh, that's good. Somebody says Kevin Johns, who's at Duke, like him. Uh, got to watch Duke the other day, so that was good. Shannon goes, Gamecocks win. Uh, she's rolling in from Cincinnati, Ohio, 41 to 10. It's a good score, right? Yeah. 41 to 10 uh, from uh, the Queen City. Uh, are they the Queen? I guess Charlotte's the Queen City, too. Cincinnati's oh, something. The Chili City. Have you ever seen Cincinnati Chili, Phil? Oh, that Skyline crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not my favorite. It's not my favorite chili. I ate. Ooh, dude, I ate some at a Bears game at the bar there. We're having Cincinnati chili today. And I ate it, and I was like, what the – it was like, the hell's in this, you know? And I'll be honest, it didn't mix, and I came home and – well, let's just say I was in the bathroom for a little while with my Mm – I was – that was was like a true hangover (laughs) because I was hanging over the toilet. Yeah, right. It was awful. So, you know, Sondra, I'll check into Kevin Johns. Duke certainly – that's a pretty good offense this year. I'm pretty impressed with what Elko's done. I watched most of their game with Kansas. Uh, you know, to me, what I like about the Kansas offense is they can run, they can throw. You can have a running quarterback, you have a throwing quarterback. Doesn't matter. Uh, and and that's what I'm talking about: being resourceful and, and and innovative. And and the last thing they need, if there is, and I say all this to say, I'm hopeful the rest of this year works out, and we're not even talking about this at the end of the year. Right. Uh, that will have meant there's been some nice changes for the better, some adaptation, that kind of thing. But unless it's somebody that's just a baller, you know, you, you, you don't need to get somebody in here that's like, you know, you need to learn my plays and my system and our terminology, and it may take you two years to do it. There's not that much time nope. in college football. Um, so that was it. Um, Daddy O says, yes, had Skyline Chili on a college road trip to Shoemaker Center when the Cox took down the Bearcats. Is it spaghetti or chili? I don't know. I didn't eat any noodles with it. I mean, I'm, I just was like totally repulsed and disgusted. Yeah, not, uh, but everybody else, they will fight you in Cincinnati if you say something about their chili. So, and some people love it. I mean, I just, I just didn't care for it. It was kind of, kind of nuts. Well, Phil, we got a game day tonight, man. I'm going to go ahead and we can break it down. Uh, if you have late predictions, fill them up on the Dana Sports chat box and we'll get to them. Uh, I want to thank everybody for participating today. Thanks to Keith for coming on today. That was fun. Uh, I think this is a game just looking at – I think South Carolina State is going to be overmatched on the lines of scrimmage. I, I think on this stage, Shaquan Davis will come out and make some plays, and I think it's just because he's good. Uh, if the wind and the pass rush doesn't derail Corey Fields, Corey's an awfully good quarterback for that level. Uh, SC State, if they're running the ball better against people this year. Uh, and and I, I look out for Kendrell Flowers, too, because he's good. I mean, he's good enough to make some, do some damage. Um, I'd be a little more concerned about the quick turnaround. I just – I think South Carolina's defense is going to go out and try to set the tone. I think uh, you're probably going to see a similar game plan to last week, maybe with a few more shots, maybe not. Hopefully, Jaheim Bell gets the ball. Um but I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna say South Carolina's probably gonna roll it up, uh, fifty-one to three. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Similar to what I've got, 
the uh, but uh, yeah, like you, JC, I think you know we're just gonna impose our will here. We we outmatch them across the board. Uh, you know, Davis is gonna get his, I think, early, and then you know, or or sometime that we're gonna be able to let them get into the end zone with him. Uh, they'll move the ball a little bit, but I really just don't see them going up and down the field. I see us going up and down the field a lot, uh, but like you, I think the game plan will be fairly similar to last week with maybe a couple of shots thrown in. Um, score first, what we need, have dominant defense, play a complete game, and mm-hmm. you know, complimentary football on both sides, but I think we walk away with a 52-10. Hey, uh, I think we got a Clemson fan in the chat box. Yeah, it must be. Hey, let's, let's bring oh, him up here. Here's his here's his genius prediction. Go ahead. Game ah, King and oh, all this. Oh, how cute. Oh, USC light. What does King. that mean? I don't know. Nice. Got his purple shirt going there. It's pretty cool. a university before they ever thought about being a state. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think he's a Trojans fan. No, no, I know it's not that. The purple, <laughs> the, purple the, the, the farm behind him kind of gave it away. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, pack, appreciate, pack appreciate. your flicker for tomorrow. I mean, for Saturday morning, you're going <laughs> to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joel goes douche alert. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Ging. Well, welcome in, Ging. We appreciate the uh, engagement. <laughs> Ging sounds like, uh, oh, Saunders says Ging's a ginger, no soul confirmed. Uh, Ging sounds like a little, like a, like a, like a, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, look, it's the mystical land of the Sprite Fairies. Oh, we must go see Ging to get permission to pick <laughs> our peaches today. And oh my I goodness. Not to disturb the Ging. Ging, will you come skip with us? Will you come dance with us, King? Please. Oh yes. Oh, the mighty King is here. There's. Let's. Oh, hello. I'm King. Let's square dance, guys. Okay. Oh, kiss me on the lips. All right. <laughs> let's go skip and run down this hill together and release a bunch of balloons. Hopefully, they're orange. Orange and purple. Oh. That's a great way to end it. Nah, I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind Clemson's uh, Clemson people coming in and, and doing that. Love that beak on you, Phil. Yeah, that flattery will get you nowhere up here. Yeah, no. that's yeah. right. <laughs> oh, King. Oh, look at Phil's beak. Can I touch you? Or maybe King's German. Would you like to touch Phil's beak? Would you like to? Would you like to touch it? Nah, it's all in good fun, gang. We love you. Thanks yeah, for man. contributing in the Data Sports chat box, and thank all of you. It's been a short week again. No show tomorrow. Be back next week uh, to review the SC State game and get ready for. I'm going to call next week will be a butt tightening week because everybody's butt's going to get a little tighter because they're playing Kentucky. Uh, but we'll see what happens there uh, with, with all of that. All right, for Phil Molinax, for J.C. Sherbert, for Ging, who now says he's Polish. All right. Is that a Polish name, Ging? It's probably Ginge because he he's got red hair. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Polish, Polish food's good. Dude, I go to this. There's a buffet in Chicago called Old Warsaw. Mm-hmm. It's a Polish buffet. Nice. Off the, off the chart. When, when you guys come visit, we'll, we'll definitely hit that place up, dude. Yeah, we were in Buffalo and went to a Polish restaurant that had no signs or anything out front. 
So you know the food was good. <laughs> there was no sign, yeah. Uh, all right, so and Tim go Tim 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 ends the show with Polish sausage. Polish sausage. Polish sausage. All right, folks, enjoy game day today. We'll be back next week inside the Gamecocks, the show. And uh, be safe, too, with that storm out there. Even Ging up there in uh, where there's a lot of mud and, and uh, manure and agriculture and, and earth. And earth. earth. I'm going to move the earth. I'm going to pull out my Ging and move the earth. Anyway. <laughs> All right, folks, I got to get out of here before things go crazy. Right. It just devolves. Yep. Y'all have a good game day. Take care.